Well, good morning, everybody. How is everybody? We're good? Awesome. We are currently in our second week of the ABCDs of discipleship. And last week, um, Barry looked at A. Can anyone remember what A was? That's awesome because when I came up to do the clothes, I could not remember. Yesterday, after he spoke, last week after he spoke, it was awesome. And Barry spoke about when we assume when God wants to use us, we open up ourselves to God's plan and to God's heart and he will use us as his co-workers in what he wants to be done. But B, who can remember what B is? That's right. C? Yep, awesome. D? Disciple others. Yep, awesome. Excellent. I just want to point out that there is um, some bookmarks out the front that if you want to take one, so you can remember. And we do this every year, we go through every year, and I think it's so important because it brings us back to the core beliefs of what we need to do as disciples and what we're called to do as a church here. So today I get to speak about God is bigger. Sorry, believing God is bigger. And... I started thinking about stories and how am I going to write this because I love a story and I could not think of one. But then the other day I thought about this story. I've always been a daddy's girl, always been a daddy's girl. Ever since I was little, he was always so big and my dad, he fixed everything. When I was sad, he would make me laugh or he would comfort me. When I was mad, he would make me see reason. When I was scared, he would um, check under the bed and make sure there was no monsters there for me. If there was a spider, he would kill it. And I remember this time when I was quite little and we went to Green Hills Adventure Park. Now, can everyone remember Green Hills Adventure Park? No? So if you're about my age, you can. Yes? If you're a little bit younger, you probably don't. But at Green Hills Adventure Park, they had a river that was going through it and you could hire canoes and you could go out on the canoe. And you could go out there and paddle down. I can't remember if it got to the ocean. I can't remember. I remember paddling, though. And because I was little, I was placed in the middle bit of the canoe. So I didn't have to do all the work. I got all the glory and all the beauty, and I could just sit there, and I could just watch. While people in front of me and people behind me paddled. And I remember it wasn't my dad. He was with my sister on another canoe. And for some reason, we flipped. The canoe flipped. And I was in the middle, and I was little, and I had a life vest on, which you do, because you're safe. But because I was under the canoe when I flipped, I couldn't get back up. So the life vest was pushing me up, but the canoe was pulling me down, pushing me down. And I couldn't get a breath, and I was stuck in this space. And next thing I know, my dad grabbed me out and pulled me up. I don't know how he got off his canoe, I don't know how long I was under there. I'm guessing it was only a few seconds because he would have been in that water so fast. But pulled me up, flipped the canoe, and put me back on the canoe. My dad was my saviour when I grew up. But as I got older, I tended to not rely on him as much as what I did when I was little. I started to hold stuff from him. I didn't talk to him about everything. You know, he still kind of got the 2am phone calls from when I'm in the city. Hey, Dad, can you come pick me up? And he came, but I didn't confide in him as much because I thought that he probably couldn't handle some of the stuff that I was going to speak to him about. Some of the things that I would say, maybe not, 
you know, he might not like to hear it. And I also really wanted to seem like I was grown up. I wanted to see like I could handle it. I could handle my stuff. I was becoming an adult. I could handle myself. I was also scared sometimes about what he might think. Would he judge me? Would he not love me as much? Because some of the things that I would tell him. And other times I just didn't want to bother him because he worked hard. He studied, he worked hard, and I just didn't want to bother him. But as I grew even older, I realised that my dad still wanted me to come to him with those things. He still wanted to help with those things. He still wanted me to speak to him about those things. He turned from being my saviour to my confidant. He gave me advice. He loved me unconditionally. He encouraged me. He did come and change my tyre when I needed it. But he became this different type of relationship that I have with him. And sometimes we go about life and we feel like that we have to take our own problems on. You know, we've got wide shoulders, we can bear the weight. But sometimes that weight can be so overpowering, so unbearable, that we carry on, but we're not ourselves. Sometimes we keep our problems to ourselves, our fears, our frustrations, because we don't want to bother other people. We don't want to put our problems on someone else. We kind of want to keep it all to ourselves. And the thing is, God wants us to continue to share that with him. He doesn't want us to shut it out. He doesn't want us to not turn to him in those type of situations. And just like my father, sorry, just like my father did so many years ago, our heavenly father, he wants us to still come to him with all those things. And we're going to start our Bible passage in a minute, but I just want to give you a bit of a backstory because in Acts, we're going to be talking about Peter. Now, Peter had been arrested by Herod and Herod had already sentenced James, the brother of John, to death by the sword, which sounds fantastic. And the thing is, the Jews really loved this. The Jews thought this was absolutely great, what he was doing. And Herod wanted to put Peter on a public trial because he loved the response that he was getting from the Jews. And we're going to head into Acts, if you want to take um, your Bibles out, or you can read it on the screen. Acts 12, 6 to 17. So, this is when Peter's in jail. He's locked up. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep. He was fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Other guards, or, um, other guards, other stood guards at the prison gate. Suddenly there was this bright light in the cell and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrists. Then the angel told him, get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel, but all of this time he thought that it was a vision. He didn't realise that it was actually happening. 
Then they passed the first and the second guard, the posts, and they came to the iron gate leading to the city, and this opened for them all by themselves. So they passed through and they started walking down the street and then an angel suddenly left, the angel suddenly left them. Peter finally came to his senses, is, is it really true, he said, the Lord has sent an angel and saved me from Herod from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. When he realised this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathering for prayer. He knocked at the door in the gate and the servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. When she recognised Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter is standing at the door. You're out of your mind, they said. When she insisted, they decided it must be an angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. He's still there. When they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. He motioned for them to be quiet down and then he told them the Lord had led him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers what happened, he said, and then he went to another place. What Peter was facing that day, it was pretty grim. There was, seemed like there was no hope. There was nothing in his actual power that could change the situation that he was facing. He slept between not one but two guards on either side. He was chained not once but twice. And there was guards on the door. But yet this angel turns up right at that point, taps him on the shoulder and says, wake up and walks him out, just walks him through the door. You see, even when it seems like there is no way out, no way out of our situation, there was no way that Peter was getting out of there. God is bigger than that. You see, we are all going to have times where our situation seems to be too big for us. And I really hope and pray that it's nothing like what Peter has to deal with. But the thing is, God never promised us when we are followers of Christ that it's going to be smooth sailing. He never promised that to us. But he promised us that he will never leave us alone. See, maybe you're going through something right now. Maybe there's something that you haven't handed over to God. Maybe there's a situation that is just too big for you that is on your heart. It's those situations that keep you up at night. It's those situations or those problems that make you feel so sick when you think about them. It's those things that you are unable to function about. We're also going to have the small problems and they're not always going to be there. They're not always constant, but they niggle. And it'd be times where, like in a sermon right here, that I would go, well, maybe it's this and maybe it's that. But you know what? Today, I don't want to pigeonhole your problems. Because what I think is a massive problem in my life, something that I might be facing is not what you might be facing. What you might be facing, you might think that's really, really small. What you might be facing, you think it's absolutely overwhelming. But for me, it's a tiny little problem. 
Sometimes the problems we face are just too big for us. They become battles for us. And have you ever been in a situation where you've been sitting in church, and it could have been here today, where you're up here and everyone's got their hands raised? Well, not everyone, because, you know, we don't all do that, but that's okay. And they're singing, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. God, it's so good with my soul. And you are sitting there going, it is not well with my soul right now. It's not well. I'm not, I'm not getting this, but I'm going to sing, but I'm not getting this. You might be the other, you know, you've got the song, God, um, uh, I can see you move. You move a mountain. And I know that you'll do it again. And you're sitting there, God, you're not moving my mountain. I have this mountain. I have this battle. And I'm not, I can't move it. I can't move it. Sometimes we face situations like that. And if you're facing this situation right now, if there's a battle that you don't feel that you can overcome, I want you to hear this. Because God dropped this on me the other day and I want to give it to you. There's a story in 2 Chronicles. And it tells the story of Josephat. Has anyone heard of Josephat? I think that's a pretty awesome name. He's the fourth king of Israel. He was absolutely loved by God. He was loved because he decided, unlike some of the kings that were before him, that he was going to follow the laws and the teachings of God, just like his forefather David had. And he changed up the whole city. He restored everything and he put in place the teachings of the people of Israel so they could come to know who God really, really was. He destroyed the the poles to Baal and God blessed him with riches. God blessed him with the city. But there were people around him that really didn't care about this. They were like, we want that city. That's a pretty good city. And there was three countries... And they were all joining forces to defeat Israel and Josephat. So the people, they got together. They got together at the temple and they fasted and they prayed and they sat there in prayer for I think the first time in a really long time. And the spirit of the Lord, he fell on Jehazel. That's what I've got written down. I don't know if that's exactly what his name is. Jehazel. And this is the word that I want you to hear today. If you're fighting a battle that you feel is too big, if you're pushing something up the hill that's not moving right now, God says this. He said, listen, King Josephat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. You look out and there's this vast army. For this battle is not yours, but it is God's. See, the battle they were looking at, the people all around them, they thought, how am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to battle? How are we supposed to keep our people safe? But God turned around and said, hey, guys, you don't have to worry about it. This battle is not yours. It is mine. And sometimes the battle that you are facing right now, the situations that are in front of you, is not yours, but it is God's. Peter's battle that he was facing, the situation that he was facing when he was in jail, it was not his. It was God's. 
the battle that Joseph, Josephat was facing, it was not his, it was God's. Even in situations where we seem like there is no out, God is bigger. And that may be all well and good. And you may say, that's awesome that God is bigger, but what do I do with that? How am I supposed to go with that? So I'm going to give you some things. First thing is pray about it. I want you to press into the promise that God has for us. In Philippians 4, 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, every situation, not the little situations that we want to give to God, not the little situations that we think, oh, yeah, I can handle that. That's okay. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgivings, present your requests to God. God wants us to come to him with everything. He wants to hear our big, uh, big things and our little things. He wants to, our big worries that we can't wrap our head around and he wants to hear about the little things that we're not dealing with on a daily basis. Just like my dad did so many years ago and he still does. God cares for us. He loves us. And do you know what? If you feel like this battle is too big for yourself, why don't you get others to pray for you? Because Peter did. In the verse beforehand, it says that the church prayed for Peter. They sat there in prayer for him. We have a church that wants to pray for you. We have a small groups that want to pray for you. So don't hold it all in. We want to pray for you. The next thing, continue to praise God. It can be really, really hard, and I notice in one of the songs, it's like, I will praise you. It can be really, really hard to praise God when we're feeling this kind of stuff. We're feeling like the battle's too big for us. It's really hard to praise. It's awesome to praise when everything's going around. It's like, yep, hallelujah, God, you are awesome. But when you're in that time of trouble and issues and situations are hard, it is really hard to praise God. But I encourage you, continue to praise. Just like the, the verse before said, with thanksgivings, present your request to God. And do you know what? When we continue to do this, when we continue to praise God, even though the situation's not in our favour, when we continue to praise him for how good and merciful and graceful and loving he is, the enemy has no foothold on that situation because we are turning it all around on him. He can't use that and go, well, you're not praising God, you're not thinking, all right, he's awesome. When we are praising God through every situation, the enemy has no foothold. There's nothing he can do. He can't turn that around on you. He can't throw it in your face because you are like, God, you are good. Even though this is not exactly how I planned or even though what I am facing right now feels like an absolute mountain that I can't climb, Lord, you are good. And when we need to, we should tell someone how good God is. 
Actually, I'm going to rephrase that. You should tell everybody how good God is. When Peter was released, he could have just run off to another town. He could have just bolted straight out of there. Those soldiers could have been on his case in, you know, five minutes flat, but he didn't. He went to the house that they were sitting and they were praying and he told them how good God was, that he had been released. And then he continued on to another town. God is bigger than the situations that we face. And when we continue to believe this, when we continue to believe that God is bigger than anything we are facing, and when we press into the promise that he has for us, the fear, the sadness, the troubles, the stress, everything that we are facing doesn't stand a chance when we stand in the love of God. So I want to pray for you right now. And I want to pray for two things. I want to pray that if you are currently dealing with something right now, you are fighting a battle that you don't think you can win. If you're fighting a battle that is way too big for you right now, I want to pray for you. And I want you to hold your hands out like you're carrying something big when we're standing and closing our eyes. And if there is something that you're holding on to, is there something that you know that you should be surrendering to God right now to help you out in that situation, but you don't think you can, I want to pray for you as well. And I want you to put your hands over your heart. So as the band comes up, why don't we stand and let's pray. close our eyes and if you want to put your hands out if you're dealing with something right now that is too big for you to fight alone if you put your hands on your heart if you feel like that you can't surrender it to God but you want to let's pray gracious and loving God only you right now know what's on our hearts our struggles our fears what we're dealing with So, Lord, I pray today for the people that are here that are struggling with something so big that they think that they can't move it. That they are struggling with something so big that it's just crushing them from the inside, Lord. Lord, we sing about it and we know it's in Scripture that, Lord, you can move mountains. Lord, we know that you are bigger than what we are dealing with right now. Lord, we know that you freed Peter and your word saved the city of Israel when Joseph and he turned to you. So Lord, we ask you now to step into what we are dealing with right now. Lord, we ask you to move a mountain in our life. Lord, we ask you to make a way because you are bigger. And Lord, if we are holding on to something right now and we can't surrender it to you, Lord, I pray for those that are finding it so hard to surrender their worries to you, Lord. Lord, I ask for right now a revelation of your love for them, that they will release what they're holding on to you to 
for your love for them. It covers it all, Lord. So, Lord, as we pray, as we go into this week, if we are struggling with something, if there's something that's too big in our lives that we can't, Lord, we ask you to move a mountain because we know that you are bigger. We know that you are greater. We know that we fight our battles with you on our side. And, Lord, we give it all to you. In your gracious and glorious name we pray. Amen.